You know, some football players today remind me of Cuban cigars. They're weaker, they talk too much, and they don't pack the same punch they used to. Take it from Mike Ditka, member of Camacho's Board of the Bold, and check out the new Camacho Corojo line of smokes. Built for the expert palate and fine-tuned for maximum flavor impact, consistency, and quality. Pick one up today. Monitor three humidors at once from one simple device. Caring for your cigars is easy with the new PuroTemp wireless hygrometer from Zycar. You now have the ability to monitor the humidity and temperature in three humidors without even having to open them. Ensure protection by setting simple alerts that will warn you when your cigars are not in the optimal environment. Like everything Zycar, this is backed by their lifetime warranty. Stop by your local tobacconist to purchase yours today. Zycar for life. From the makers of the number one cigar in the USA in 2013, the Aging Room Quattro F55 comes yet another highly rated cigar. The Aging Room Bin Number 1, a full-bodied Dominican cigar made with some of the world's oldest tobacco in the market today from the harvest of 1997, 98, and 99. It starts out smooth and builds up in strength and flavor until it reaches its full potential. The Aging Room Bin Number 1, for the true connoisseur looking for a sophisticated smoking experience with balance, complexity, and character. Aging Room Cigars. Blending is in our DNA. The recently released Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage is an extremely rare blend of Perdomo's finest and most cherished 12-year-old fillers, binders, and wrappers. Bale-aged for 10 years and then barrel-aged in bourbon barrels for an additional two years, these exquisite Nicaraguan tobaccos are bursting with rich, complex flavors. Offered in Connecticut Sun-Grown or Maduro, each Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage pairs extremely well with the finest Scotch whiskeys, bourbons, and other fine spirits. Available at only 250 authorized tobacconists worldwide, the Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage is a must-have for every cigar enthusiast. The following is paid programming. The views do not represent that of JVC Broadcasting, its staff, or management. What are you doing? What are you doing? Come on. You never let a cigar that way. You use a wooden match. Preserves the flavor, you see. Broadcasting live at the world-famous Casa de Monte Cristo Cigar Lounge in Boynton Beach, Florida. Kiss My Ash Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. With Honest Abe, Adam K., the brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kissmyashradio.com. Meister, ahoy, ahoy. and the lovely Lady M. Good morning. We are broadcasting from the main cigar lounge, the world-famous Casa Monte Cristo Cigar Bar, right here at the heart of Boynton Beach, Florida. So if you're listening in anywhere nearby, come on in for bottomless mimosas and Bloody Marys, or have a cappuccino and a cigar, and enjoy the show live. 
Well, it's good to be back, I guess. I need a vacation. You need a vacation? You just got back from a vacation. vacation. That's I'm not a vacation. vacation. Adam and I just got back from New Orleans. We were at the, uh, I don't know. The International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailer. 78th, 79th, maybe? 70... It's up there. Something, yeah. It's got to be close to 80th uh, annual. I think it's like four years off or something. It's like 76. No, it's definitely not 76. It's close to 80. I'll venture that bet. But, um, yeah, we went to the IPCPR show in New Orleans. Uh, monster show this year. The food alone is worth the trip. Yeah, but you have to eat with your eyes closed. It's a pretty dirty city. Oh, well, yeah. Is it? Oh. The, the restaurants were clean. Really? I mean, it must not have been looking around enough. Yeah, later. exactly. Maybe, there's, there's, maybe you were in a different one than I was no, in. No, I mean... the. We even went, the, the, the cleanest, nicest establishment that I went to, we ate at Nola's, Emerald's place. And it was nice, but still, by standards of being in a big city, whenever it was no, you know, it was New Orleans, still New Orleans, you know. First night there, we go for a party, uh, Monte Cristo party. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got Bourbon a nice Street. picture of a guy lying on the floor, passed out, taking a, taking a urinating in the well, street. Oh, no, and that's, after, and on that's himself, after another bum punched him out. Yeah, I missed that part. Somebody said he got body slammed first. Well, all I know is I was standing there. We were, the guy was dancing around trying to get a cigarette from people. Then he went and, like, drunk off his ass. And it's barely 9 o'clock. And yeah, I mean, it's early. Yeah, and then he goes to sit on the, sitting on the curb, and he's wearing pajamas <laughs> and a hat. It, it was like a onesie. Yeah. It wasn't even pajamas. It was like an adult onesie. It was an adult onesie of some and, and kind with little clouds or something on it. Passed and then out. I'll, like, I go to, I go, to the, go to the bathroom. I come back, and the guys that were standing with me are like, oh, yeah, some other bum just came up and just clocked the guy. And he's just laying on the ground like, oh, and now he's pissing himself. The, the best is you know, oh welcome goodness. to Nolan's. Oh, yeah. The mounted police come up to him, and they don't want to get off their horse. So they have like these little strobe lights. They just shine from the, on top of the horse onto their faces to try to wake them up. You know, because it's a pain to get on and off the horse, you know? So there, there's, like, modern police, like, around him, strobing his face with strobe lights, seeing if he would get this guy to come to consciousness. But it was, it was uh, good old New Orleans. Food was great. We had some good meals. I mean, uh, the butcher was oh, one of my favorite Did you meals. go to the chicken place? No. Because no. I just did it and I wanted to try different places. You know, I, I had done it once. I mean, Willie Mays Whiskey House... World famous chicken, the best. But you know, we just want to try different stuff. It, my, it was my father's first time in New Orleans, so he had met us down there. So every day, I took him off the floor. We picked out a good spot for lunch, and don't got, go to the food court. No. And uh, Adam went with us once. We went to the Cushon, the butcher. Oh. I mean, is it the same place? Is it, it's it's basically the same restaurant, but it's like at Cush, at the butcher. You know, they did, it was just you walk up to the counter, you order, they bring you your food, and it's, and it's mostly quick. sandwiches. It, yeah, those are good. But then if you go to the Cushon, it's a full menu. And yeah, they had duck and everything else, and they. Had I a missed lot of the Cushon because it wasn't open on Sunday. Oh, and that's the day we went. But good food, good stuff. Uh, big show, a lot of new exhibitors, a lot of new products. Uh, we're going to get into that later on in the segment with Jonathan uh, David from Toasted Foot. See what he thought of the show. Uh, also, uh, social media. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Kiss My Ash Radio. Every Friday we post a word and uh, be the 10th caller at 877 960 And uh, be the 10th uh, caller and you'll uh, receive a five-pack courtesy of Iconic and Recluse Cigars. And, of course, the fine folks at Zycar, sponsors of Kiss My Ash Radio, give away our listeners a great prize every week. Maker, makers of lighters and cutters guaranteed for life. 
And Lady M, where are the fine folks at Zycar giving away today? This week, when you're the 10th caller after hearing this sound, you are going to get a, a Zycar 9mm pull-out punch. This is a beautiful punch for all of your cigar needs. It's a has beautiful a little, punch. has a little keychain. Also, we're going to throw in um, a 16-ounce bottle of propylene glycol and a... Uh, Crystal humidifier for your humidor. So over a $50 value in Zycar prizes. Very nice. And uh, for our Meet Your Maker segment today, we're going to have Spencer McGee. McGee? McGee. Spencer McGee. Kind of like the director. Yeah, Spencer McGee, brand manager of Emilio Cigars. going to have him out here for, I think it's going to be his first time on Kismash Radio. Find out what he and his company is all about. And also, an interesting guest, Dave Pounder. Yes? I laughed. Dave I laughed. Me and Brian had a good laugh about this in the back. Pounder. I I made him find out that was his real last name. Is that his real last name, really? No. No. I mean, it might be legally now. I don't think he was born with it. But his name is Dave Pounder, former pornographer and author of Obscene Thoughts, a pornographer's perspective on sex, love, and dating. So that should be a very interesting segment. I'm glad I brought my daughter in for the show today. It should be very, yeah, very good. Yeah. Was she yeah. here for the last Are You Smarter Than a No. Stripper? Earmuffs. Earmuffs. No, no. She'll have to go in the office and read a book during that segment. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> so what? any plans this weekend? What do you got going on? Mm-mm, nothing. No? Nope. No boot camp classes? No, I did it yesterday. How's boot camp? How many days a week are you doing boot camp? Five now? days a week. And what's boot camp consist of? A lot. Five in the morning, six in the morning classes. 30, 40-minute classes, anything from flipping a massive t- half-ton tire to sprinting. So it's, like a, it's like a CrossFit kind of? Yeah, it is exactly like that. It, oh, is it a CrossFit or no? I don't know why they call it one thing or the other. I think some CrossFits are really hardcore CrossFits and then some aren't. This is more of a less hardcore CrossFit. But it's very, uh, you know. Is it in a gym? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's in their packed. I mean, there's like 25 people in some classes. Up that early. How about you, Adam? Anything going on? Uh, well, I'm hopefully get out and play 18 tomorrow if the rain holds mm. off. But we're, we're, it doesn't like it will. Is it supposed to rain all weekend, like all day today? I'm debating if I'm going to the mall after this. Yeah, it's supposed to. It's like a 60% chance. All right, good. Mm-hmm. Which co- which golf course are you golfing? Uh, we're getting on the Breakers West course. Oh, nice course. Oh, aren't yeah. you fancy? Fancy schmancy. Who are you going with? The Mick. The Mick. Yeah, his uh, his 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 little uh, his little lady gets us on there. Nice. Yeah. Well done. And by the way, uh, this year's show was the 83rd annual. Oh. Yeah, I knew 75 was a while ago. 83rd. A lot, a lot of trade shows. All right. Up ahead, uh, we're going to have uh, IPCPR recap. Uh, find out, talk about some cool stuff that uh, Adam and I uh, saw and did while we were in New Orleans right after this. Follow us on Twitter at KissMyAshRadio. Yes, it's mandatory. Cigar enthusiasts, did you know your personal freedom to enjoy a fine cigar is affected by some form of smoking ban in all 50 states? Additionally, taxation on premium cigars is at its highest level in history, with some states taxing at an astronomical rate of 75%. Finally, there's a solution. CRA. Cigar Rights of America is the first and only nonprofit public advocacy association fighting for your freedom to enjoy a fine cigar. Don't just sit there. Become part of the solution. Become a CRA member today. 
Membership is only $35 a year. That's less than $3 a month. And as a special bonus, CRA will send you two limited edition cigars as a way to say thank you for joining. Visit CigarRights.org for more information and to become a member. This is a La Aurora-issued public service announcement. The iconic lion has gone rogue. Breaking out of the original Dominican Cigar Factory is Untamed by La Aurora. Undoubtedly, one of their strongest cigars proves that not only can their factory provide flavorful sticks, but powerful as well. Taking a fantastic Dominican Nicaraguan blend and wrapping it with an oily Connecticut broadleaf wrapper creates a wild ride of flavor from start to finish. Be aware, this animal is extremely aggressive and should be approached with caution. Hi, this is Rocky Patel, and I'd like to invite you to try one of our Decade Cigars. This premier cigar received a 95 rating from Cigar Aficionado, one of the highest ratings ever afforded by that magazine. It's a beautiful Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper with fillers from Nicaragua and Honduras. This cigar is medium to full-bodied, rich, complex, yet elegant and well-balanced. I promise you, you're going to love the Decade. Try it. Bill Paley, Samuel Paley's grandson, has dedicated himself to creating cigars emblematic of the original La Polina brand, created by his grandfather over a century ago. La Polina premium handmade cigars represent a marriage of the finest tobaccos blended by master artisans. La Polina has consistently received top honors from all industry publications, including Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year and Cigar Journal's Best American-Made Cigar. La Polina, premium handmade cigars, available only at fine tobacconists. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M., Cigar Bar. And what we're going to have for you right now is an IPCPR recap of what we saw and what was cool at the show. A lot of cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, Steve Saka's new cigar, which no one got to smoke. Yeah, he wouldn't give anybody a cigar. Yeah. I, uh, he gave me one to take a picture of. Yep. I took a picture of it. Really? He took it right back out of my hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't let anybody on the floor, anybody sample Because they weren't cigar. ready? He says they weren't ready. Meanwhile, he was smoking them like chimneys throughout the whole yeah, show. Yeah, well, and he kept saying they're not ready. They're not, they're not perfect. I said, I'm not, I'm not going to review it, man. Just give it to me. I want to taste it. Took he it right out of my hand. Didn't care. Uh-huh. It was, you know what? And I appreciate his passion and his objectivity to get it right. I greatly appreciate that. Yeah, I, had, I can't I had, argue that. I had the same experience with Nick Melillo. He handed me one of his new Elway Wences. Well, Wences, that who wins the award this year for the newest cigar in the industry that's hard to pronounce. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll never pronounce it. 
No, it, I, mean, it, I mean, when you hear me say it, it's not hard to say we wouldn't say, but when you read it, you yeah. have no idea what What's to say. What's it called? We wouldn't say. We wouldn't say. Hey, do me a favor. Go in my office. I got a cigar, one single cigar in a Ziploc bag. Bring it here so we can take a picture of it and put it on our Facebook thing. But, but no, I mean, I But live... that's Nick Morello, who was the main blender and worked for Drew Estate for decades, mm-hmm. you know, decades, you know, a long time. Yeah. And uh, he's broken off now and started his own. We have him on the show. He started his own factory. His first line is El Wenwense. The wise man. The wise man. Which is funny because the first three letters is way, and the second three letters in the word are the exact same as the first three letters. But it's when. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So he wins the award for that. But I think one of the most talked about uh, cigars the whole show was the Padron de Masso. Yeah. I think everybody was talking about that. You know, I mean, uh, here. There you go, Lady M. Oh. Oh. G U E G U E N S E. Wait, Wednesday. I would have said. Quick way and say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I had... To, because I didn't know what the quick, U with the dots. Quick Wentz. I would have pronounced it Quick Wentz if I was just reading it. Quick Wentz. That's cool. Yeah. But it's pronounced Quick Wednesday. So um, he has taken over the Wayne from Tetuahe of the most hardest pronounced brand in the industry. Uh, I can't wait till people start coming in and asking for it. Yeah. Oh, it should be very interesting. Should be um, but yeah, the Damaso, I mean, Padron, you know, since 1964 has basically produced their... Padron line, these Nicaraguan medium to full body cigars that they've been known for. I mean, they have, you know, a few different variations of a, a Nicaraguan, you know, cigar, the 64 and the 1926. But, yeah, they, they breached uh, across, you know, the aisle and now have released a Connecticut Shade cigar, which is uh, a really big feat for a family who for the longest time has done kind of pretty much a very it, linear profile. Yeah, This is what we do. This is how we do it. And that's it. Period. Very, very highly talked about at the show. Mm-hmm. So between uh, Padron and... Um, and just Connecticut's in general. It's like it's Undercon. the year of the Connecticut. Drew Estate, Undercon, Connecticut. Connecticut's are making... Uh, it's it's all everywhere. It was everywhere you turn. It's Connecticut this, Connecticut that. I mean, people are getting on the Connecticut bandwagon. Well, It's going to be... A, it's the year of the mild cigar. I tell you what, when, when Syndicato was coming out with its brands... I really thought that Affinity was going to be like the dog of the brands that it released. <laughs> of course, you know that's why we have a CEO. That's why the company has a CEO who knows what he's doing. But Affinity ended up being obviously the, the fastest, biggest moving volume seller of all the lines of Syndicato, Connecticut Shade. So there's there's a there's a truth to Connecticut wrapper cigars being most volume. Even the one I'm sold smoking out now, the Quesada Reserva Privada. That's you know. Uh, Pete Johnson, uh, Havana Sellers released the Veracu. Veracu in uh, originally it was only the Veracu number no. five. Of course, there was the Veracu Tubos, which was a limited production years ago. But now there is a Veracu number no. one, two, three, four, and six that has been added into the production. And those will be regular production cigars that you can get at your local tobacconist. And of course, his new monster series is uh, Mr. Hyde. Mr. Hyde. They'll be coming out in October. Um, the Atelier had uh, La, Mission, La Mission. Yep. And uh, the new extension of the La Racine. Le, Le, yeah, Racine. Le Racine. Uh, uh, what else would we see? That was, I mean, uh, Perdomo had a new cigar, a Factory Tour Blend, I saw. Factory Tour Blend, yeah. which you is, can get. Is that going to be only for retailers who tour the factory? Uh, that that's that, was the, that was the idea, but they, they've expanded it further into that. So yeah. you can still get it even if you haven't toured tour the factory. And they were also offering it in a 900-count wall unit. If you, which filled with wow. three, all three wrappers, 
And they're also redoing all the packaging on the Habanos. Yeah, I saw that. And that looks fantastic. Finally, you know, some things just got to get redone. Yeah. That's definitely one of them. Yeah, there was a couple of people who were redoing some packaging, which just looked phenomenal. Uh, the Habano. Uh, our good friend Eric Espinoza is redoing the Habano line for him. Yes. The, Beautiful. The, 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 the Espinoza line. The Espinoza yes. Habano is now going to be repackaged. It's the new 20-count box. Absolutely beautiful packaging. He's also discontinuing his original Espinosa Maduro and turning that into the Espinosa Especial, okay. which will be released in a 10-count box of Maduros, which is the same basic look of the packaging, but it's still absolutely fantastic. And, of course, everybody's favorite, the Murcielago. The bat's back. The bat is back. The bat is back. New bat, too. Mm-hmm. The old bat kind of looked a little bit like the Bacardi bat. New yeah. bat's got a whole new like kind of Batman theme. You yeah, know, it's tougher, meaner bat. Very cool, very very interesting, good looking packaging. You know, very red brings it all back to you know a lot of his original roots in the company, and they're also doing a little Ranja box press. Wow. Yeah, as a single entity. A lot of new stuff. My father's new LE is already hitting the shelves. Yeah. Um, yeah, my father's new limited edition has already hit the shelves, um, and they're releasing a new uh, Centurion. Yes. Uh, box pressed uh, El Centurion. two thousand wrapper. Yes. Yeah, H2K or something. Mm-hmm. So and that's going to be a box press centurion. So um, they got some new stuff going on. Uh, what else? What else we see out there that was interesting, Adam? It's a lot of stuff. Uh, it just uh, Davidoff, of course, oh, has got yeah. the new Oscuros. Which... Davidoff's got a whole profile. Yeah, I mean, sitting right here, the new Oscuro line, which is going to be their more. So I guess, little. Yeah, this is the little. I mean, what look at this cigar. That's look like at this. a little Stewie. Wow, that's cold, lady. Adam. That's mean. That's cold. Yeah, that Does that is, feel right in your hand? You know what? I actually met I met a guy. No way. Yes. My yes, my, my nine months old is almost that big. I don't don't care. I'm not lying. Come on. Not lying. Exaggerating? It did not last. Not at all. Exaggerating a little because bit? Because I went... I your went, hand is bigger exactly, than that cigar. Exactly, I went home to my girlfriend's and I said, you want to know? It was like this. And that's exactly what I did. I just said... How do you not like, like giggle or laugh when that happens? Uh, I was drunk. I was oh, just, I mean... Uh, you, I mean I think if I was a girl, and then having me, my first job, he's like, really? No, he's yeah, you don't, really. You don't want to like hurt. Really? Me. You don't want to make the guy I mean, suicidal. Listen, if, right? If, exactly. You why? know, he, you know, he knows. He already knows. I, I know, but, <laughs> but, but, but you know what? Honestly, if this, he already knows. If this was what I had to live with, I'd just go be a priest. Why ever expose oh, this? It's a little boy with a little teenager. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm serious. Why would you ever expose this I to don't anybody? Know. I don't. I ever. don't know. You know, know. That's that's twice. Twice. You did it twice. <laughs> them? Oh, shame on you. Shame on you. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, I didn't do it. You're such a bad liar. I'm a dirty, <laughs> dirty girl. Yes, you are. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Yeah. But. <laughs> Back, back to, to, yeah, back back to, to the phallic Escurio <laughs> line. Um, yeah, the Escurio, a Brazilian rapper, they're doing these uh, under their black label, under the Davidoff line. They're doing these like country-themed. Yeah, it's like the extension of the Nicaraguan. Right, so the Nicaraguan, this one's going to be Brazilian. And speaking of Nicaraguan, they're coming out with an Avo Nicaraguan. Yes. Uh, which I was very impressed with. I thought it was a very solid cigar. So Davidoff's got some very new, you know, cool stuff on the horizon as well between the Avo Nicaraguan and the Escurio. Um, I didn't see their LE for this year. Did you see it? The Davidoff Limited yeah. Edition? Yeah. Did, they did not have... I had the guy got the full tour through the booth, yeah. and I didn't see anything I either. didn't see that. I didn't see even the, 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 the Zodiac one. Yeah, they, I didn't... Yeah, it's supposed to be the year of... They announced what it was, right? I, 
maybe? I try not to work at these shows. I let Adam do all the hard work. I just, you should see us. We're literally ducking and rolling. Oh. As we're trying to get to people's booth, oh, no, no, there's those five booths. Don't look. No eye contact. <laughs> Hurry up. we got to get through this aisle. Point and over then, there. Look, yeah. look at that. You see that? And then we map our trips. Oh, we got to avoid that booth, that booth, that booth. So we got to go eight rows this way, two rows this way. Because my, you, my trick is just walk with your cell phone up on your ear. Oh, that don't stop him. No. I got a guy who stopped me at 3 in the morning getting in the elevator to give me his samples and stuff. It's just outrageous. And the boot was, this guy was a guy who I became associated with um, through a, a blog. I mean, one of the boards, one of the discussion boards. He was a member of Cigar Family's board. And um, I met him through there. And he visited Florida once, came by my shop, and all of a sudden, what? You got a brand now you're selling? I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, every five minutes, it's, it was rough. But a um, lot, a lot, a lot of new stuff's gonna be hitting the shelves. It'll be very interesting to see what sticks, what doesn't stick, what doesn't pan out. Anything else that caught your eye that I'm forgetting? Oh man, you see so much stuff. I you know. know. I'm it's not like to we really go. keep notes or try to do this professionally. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to do my yeah, other. Yeah. I'm trying to do my day job, not my weekend job. Oh, uh, we talked about Sock. Uh, no, we talked about Sock. Any, anything from the Casada guys? Uh, oh, the new Matilde. The oh, new Matilde yeah, yeah, Oscurio. yeah, yeah, Oscur- yeah the, the oh, Maduro. Man. Very good cigar. That is a fantastic cigar. You know what? Cigar. Great people, honestly. You know, here's an example of an industry. You have one of the guys with probably one of the most extensive experiences in the tobacco industry, Jose Seas. He's working with his family. They came out with Matilda cigar, which, in my opinion, is a great cigar. Classic but, one. you know... Lack of marketing, whatever the reason, it's just not catching traction. They didn't out there. do any of the distribution in the state. Yeah, it's just it, they're having problems. But the the, the, the Scuro cigar was fantastic. Oh my god, great! Glad cigar. I thought, yeah, that was great. Oh yeah, cigar. that I wanted was to give them props, first so. thing. Like the second cigar I got into in the first day of the show, and I, I nubbed it. It was great. Yeah, very very cool. So pay attention, folks. Stay tuned. There's gonna be a lot of new stuff hitting the shelves very soon in the near future. So. Um, should be interesting to see uh, what uh, what pans out and what doesn't, how uh, people respond. So a lot of cool stuff. Um, so, uh, and it'll probably stay this way until we see what happens with the FDA. <laughs> that may change everything. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Um, after the break, we got Spencer McGee, brand manager of Emilio Cigars. We're going to find out what he and his company is all about right after this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. You're listening to Kiss My Ass Radio. The godfather of boutique cigars is back. Ernesto Perez Carrillo, the creator of La Gloria Cubana, Siri R, and El Rico Habano, recently joined forces with his children to create E.P. Carrillo brand. In just the first year of E.P. Carrillo, received a 94 rating in Cigar Aficionado and number 8 Cigar of the Year and Rob Report's best of the best honor. Although E.P. Carrillo is made with the finest tobaccos in the world, Ernesto has not wavered on his family's commitment for affordable prices. With prices starting at $4.50 for the 91 New Wave Connecticut, you can't afford not to try E.P. Carrillo. Pick up an E.P. Carrillo at your nearest location. Perfecting a seed for over 40 years takes skill. Then again... So does growing the perfect beer. Take it from Matt Booth, member of Camacho's Board of the Bold and the owner of the infamous Room 101 brand. The Camacho Corojo is hand-built from authentic Corojo seeds, built for the expert palate and fine-tuned for maximum flavor impact, consistency, and quality. Pick one up today. Placeres Reserva, a beautiful box-pressed cigar boasting a dark, oily Nicaraguan Habano wrapper, 
and bold Nicaraguan and Honduran long fillers with a Costa Rican binder for excellent flavors. With a premium blend of chocolate, wood, and coffee, this medium-bodied cigar is complemented with pepper, cocoa, spices, and a hint of sweetness with a long, lingering finish. Placeres Reserva shows off how proper blending and aging tobacco make for a well-rounded, satisfying cigar. Placeres Reserva, presented by Coots. To find a tobacconist nearest you, please visit Coots.com. That's K-U-U-T-S dot com. When a child is diagnosed with cancer, their life and their family's life changes dramatically. Chemotherapy treatments, doctor visits, and trips to the hospital soon consume their time. The programs and services provided by the Kids Cancer Foundation make it possible for the foundation to meet the needs of our young patients and families. We could not provide these resources without your support. For more information and to find out how you can make a difference in the life of a child battling cancer, call 561-333-8116 or visit kidscancersf.org. Sponsored by CLE Cigars. Awarded the 2014 Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year with numerous 90-plus ratings, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary Cigar celebrates Tabacalera Perdomo's 20 years as one of Nicaragua's largest premium cigar manufacturers. Using only the highest priming tobaccos grown exclusively by the Perdomo family, the 20th Anniversary Cigar has a tremendous profile with layer upon layer of rich, elegant, complex flavors. Visit your nearest authorized tobacconist today and experience the masterful blend of these Nicaraguan puros. Now available in extremely limited edition pyramid size in sun-grown or Maduro. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. No, we're going, um, we actually were going, we went snook fishing last night. Because you have to put them back, though. Like, well, right now. You can take one, right? No. It's, there's a very oh, short it, season, and then there's a very specific size. Like, you, it has to be. Right, it has to be so big, otherwise you got to throw no, it back No, but in. it can't be too big. Really? It, like, it is, and it's, it's like, they'll take your boat if you break the law. It's, you, like, it's like a felony. You will lose your fishing license yeah. and, and get, like, a $10,000 fine. Yeah, I hear they take boats, people boats when they. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I don't even. I think I may have had snook once here in Florida. It's amazing. Is it really I, yeah, amazing? it's so good. Yes, it's right. really good. Next time you catch some snook, you have to cook me some snook. Yeah, I will. Because I think I had it in a restaurant once, and who knows, if it was really. It's very. It's, or not. it's not. It's hard to come by. That's what I'm saying. I think, I think one time I saw it on a menu. That's why, if you see it on a menu, order it. As long who as you knows know it's that. Real, exactly. Well, exactly. But if you yeah. go to a reputable, reputable place, then you know, order it. Like hog snappers. Ooh. Yeah, don't go there. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I said a, rep- a reputable place, that's all. That's not hogfish. <laughs> Slander. Anyways. Ew, yeah, drop kidding. that, Collins. <laughs> Might as well drop it. Too late. It's only an, it's only an eight second delay. Just it's kidding. Not a t- 
It's not a two-minute delay. Just kidding. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> I'll do respect. Uh, it's time. Every week we invite somebody very special to be on what I consider to be my favorite part of the show. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. This week on Kiss My Ash Radio, we have Spencer McGee. I don't know why I'm having trouble saying McGee. just doesn't sound natural. Spencer McGee, brand manager for Emilio Cigars. Spencer, welcome. You're on Kiss My Ash Radio. Hey, man. It's good to be with you guys. Good to have you on, my friend. How's everything going? Everything's going really good, man. Um, just recovering from IPCPR. <laughs> yeah, how'd the show go for you guys? The show went really good for us, you know, Enrique was there, uh, Kyle and Chris from Ezra Zion were there, uh, Noel from Guayacan, all of us were there chilling in the house, and it was really fun. Our booth area was popping. A lot of people come by to hang out with us, uh, get their get their little turnt-up thing going on, I guess. People were bringing drinks into the booth and just having a good time and talking cigars How many I- smoking cigars. How many um, IPCPRs have you attended? This was the uh, first one for me. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. New gonna, Orleans popped your chair. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask yeah. how you felt yeah. it was compared to the previous uh, trade shows. Because it was, you know, <clears throat> you know, everybody says the trade shows are getting lighter and lighter in, in attendance, you know. And, yeah, I mean, New Orleans. Well, they're just getting, the space is just getting bigger and bigger. And when you so should have seen it this year because you'd have some perspective. They should, first off, it wasn't a deep trade show. But... A mile, half a mile, plus At least. Long. long. They should, and it was one big, one. So normally, huge, it's like six, no, or seven. No, it was one huge road down the middle. And I, I said, if they were smart, they would have put like an electric trolley that just like went Straight back down. and just kept moving back and forth up and down the middle aisle. People could just hop on, grab it. I mean, it was like for you couldn't see the end of it. No, honestly. And oh, they were, wow. they were the way it was set up. It was designed that you really didn't have to walk around a lot. No. So there were really parts of the show floor I never even saw. I kept seeing people like, like hey, hey. You, didn't, you didn't come by my booth. I said, I didn't even see your booth. Where is your booth? I've been here for three days. I don't even know I where have you no are. No idea where you are. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. So I'm glad this show turned out well for you guys. Spencer, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got involved with Emilio Cigars, and tell our listeners a little bit about your company. All right. Yeah. Uh, for me, man. It all goes back. I knew uh, Kyle with Ezra Zion back in California, uh, back in like 2010, uh, before he started. So we hung out a lot and everything. And uh, he asked me one day if I've ever tried a cigar. And I was like, uh, no, man. So he brought me over to his house. And the first cigar I tried was a uh, tantrum off of the Ezra Zion line. And after I smoked that one cigar, it was just like I was hooked. And I was like, dude, cigars are awesome. I, you know, I love love the taste of it. I love the complexity of it. I got to I gotta smoke some more cigars. So I started uh, hooking up with local shops in California, and I just uh, asked them, hey, could I uh, move product for you inside your humidor for free but just learn about the product on my own and everything and just uh, get head knowledge over it? And so, you know, they were like, yeah, sure, of course. Uh, if we don't have to pay you, that's no problem at all. And I was like, yeah, no, I just, uh, you know, you can give me a stick here and there to smoke, and that'll be all right. So I helped out about two to three shops around my hometown and uh, just got 
cigar shabby, I guess you could say. And then, you know, Kyle launched off to Texas and he uh, started Ezra Zion and uh, that blew up, you know, started in 2012, I believe. And then going through and just knowing those guys, the door kind of opened up for Emilio because the last brand manager retired. And then the guy who owns it kind of came to uh, Chris and Kyle and was like, hey, do you know anybody who, you know, is passionate for cigars, really wants to give a, give a brand a face that, you know, is going to work and, you know, get a brand that's going to be cool again? Do you know anybody like that? And they were like, we got a guy in California who could do it for you. And so... I'm Do you surf, Spencer? Yeah. You're a surfer, huh? I am, yeah. <laughs> How long have you been surfing? I've been surfing, yeah. I could tell you're a surfer. So listen, uh, Emilio Cigars, how long have they been around? Emilio Cigars, I think, has been around for five years now, yeah. Five years, great. And, and can you tell us a little bit about their lines? So, Emilio Cigars comes from a guy named Scott Zuka, who, it's a huge family distribution company, and it has just generations of uh, ties into it, which is really cool. It started off of a back porch area and just grew into something massive, and, you know, and now today, Scott, he just has a passion for cigars, and uh, Emilio Cigars is named after, after his daughter, Emily, so... The cigar brand, yeah, the cigar brand's real passionate for him. He's hearts in it and everything. So it's, a, it's real important who he lets manage it. So previously it was, you know, Gary Griffith, but he retired. So now I'm stepping into the scene for him, and Scott's an awesome guy. And, you know, his whole thing is he just wants to make cigars that are great, that, you know, you don't have to pay so much money for them. All the cigars are 7 to $8, nothing crazy. And it's all high-quality tobacco. And, you know, there's a story behind each cigar pretty much with how the last manager made it. And so, but for uh, for me coming in, I've been talking to Scott, and uh, we're looking at rebanding and uh, reboxing the cigars, giving it just a facelift, something new to it. Let me where you, uh, Spence, where are your cigars currently being made? Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Do you have your own factory, or is someone making the cigars for you guys? No, we don't have our own factory. We've uh, we have the AF series, which is AF one, AF two, and AF Suave, and those are made out of AJ Fernandez. Oh, and then nice. and then and then we have cigars uh, like the Malete Musa, which come out of my father factory, and uh, the blender is Don Papin behind it. Wow. So you guys got some really so, uh, good people behind your brands. Hitters, yeah, you got some big hitters behind your brands. Yeah, that, and that's you know that's one of the things Scott's all about. He just wants to make the best cigars. So we just went out and we found the best people, wanted to build a relationship with them, you know, and just make high quality tobacco for the people. Well, great. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Spencer McGee, brand manager for Emilio Cigars. We're going to have more with Spencer right after this. Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., The Brewmeister, and Lady M. Listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kissmyashradio.com. 
Hey, fools, how about a game of cutthroat? Your funeral? That's my kind of game. Arnold, I hope your pool playing is better than your choice of cigars. Here, try this Rickloose cigar. You're gonna need all the help you could get. Hey, don't be stingy. Let me get one of those. Rickloose? Wow, that's a good smoke. Now I can bring my A game. Hey, I think you should stick with that Rickloose cigar and work on your B game because you don't have an A game, and, and I know a little something about games. Boom! Hey, sucker, go buy yourself a Rickloose cigar and do it today. Voted the number one gentleman's club worldwide. Located on Okeechobee and Military Trail for the sexiest scene in the city. Come see us at the Spearmint Rhino, the premier upscale gentleman's club. Get ready to celebrate the good life with the Monte Cristo Social Club Roadshow, coming soon to a city near you. Enjoy world-class premium cigar brands like Monte Cristo, Romeo y Julieta, and H. Upman. Sip on delicious drinks and savor fine foods. You'll also hear an exclusive lecture about crafting premium cigars from the first seeds to hand-rolled masterpieces. Visit MontecristoSocialClub.com slash Roadshow for more information and to reserve your tickets to join in the festivities. Surgeon General's warning, cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat even if you do not inhale. This is Eric Espinoza, and over the years, many cigar aficionados have enjoyed my highly rated brands, 601 Murcielago. In the spirit of continuing improvement, I have purchased my own factory. La Zona, enriched and fertile tobacco region of Esteli, Nicaragua. After almost two decades in the cigar industry, I have created a brand I finally feel is worthy of my name. Espinosa cigars are made with only the finest tobaccos, hand-selected, and aged to perfection. Our cigars are bold in flavor, yet refined to the palate. Look for Espinosa cigars at your nearest fine tobacconist. For more information, visit EspinosaCigars.com. The Oliva Family. The makers of some of the most affordable yet highest rated premium cigars available continue in this tradition with the new Oliva Series V Milanio, a full-flavored yet smooth smoke which recently received a 95 rating from Cigar Snob Magazine. So always ask for Oliva, an unbeatable value and an uncompromising quality. The Oliva Family of Cigars. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Wow. Great song. Welcome back, folks. Honest Dave here. Slapping the bass. <laughs> Slapping the bus. Name, name the movie. Yeah, come on. Come on, what is it? Uh, that, uh, I love you, best man. man. I love you, man. I love you, man. Yeah. That movie's great. I don't even know that movie. Jason Siegel. It's the only Paul reason Rudd. I know what who Rush is. <laughs> oh. Seriously. Every time I hear Rush, I think of them in the movie. I don't even know that movie. It's oh, a it's funny a movie. You yeah. should watch it. You'd like it. Really? Yeah. It's a stupid comedy, but it's a funny one. Who's in it? Jason Siegel, Paul Rudd. Um, that chick. W- w- uh, yeah, what's her face? Um, Quincy, um, Quincy Jones' daughter, Rashida yeah. Jones. Yeah. So glad I found out about that movie. All right. <laughs> I never heard of it. I'll look it up. I'll find it. I'm sure it was a cult classic, some country. Um... <laughs> Joining us for our Meet Your Maker segment today is Spence, Spencer McGee, brand manager for Emilio Cigars, 
talking about his company, five years old, and the brands that he had. Hey, Spencer, how, how many how many retailers are you guys currently in around the country? Oh man, that's a hefty question. Roughly, I mean, we're just trying uh, to figure out how, how 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 out there you guys are. Uh, we're we're saturated in the. Uh, And we're we're saturated in so many places, you know. Tennessee's big for us. Georgia's big for us. Uh, Chicago, uh, you know, Texas. We're reaching well, out everywhere, find- man. I'd say we're in a good couple hundred retailers, if not thousand. So, if somebody wanted to find their nearest retailer, do you have a retailer locator on your website, houseofemilio.com? We are revamping the uh, website for it to have that, yeah, because we've had some problems with the website that we've noticed, so we're uh, we're fixing that as soon as possible. Very cool. Well, listen, being a newly appointed brand manager, um, what are some of the difficulties that you've experienced in uh, taking over for uh, you know, managing the brand? Difficulties have been mostly the uh, <clears throat> the the false stories that were told previously about the cigars and then uh, the secrecy behind what them. False so story? until I came what on, nobody knew that told? the Malete and Musa cigar came out of the My Father factory and that Don Pepin blended it. Nobody knew that. And so that was a very new thing for people to hear and they got re-excited about the cigar. They wanted to revisit it, smoke it, see what it was about and kind of give it another chance from uh, previousness, where it's just, you know, people got told, oh, well, I can't tell you where it's blended. I can't tell you who blended it. I can't tell you what's in it. All I can tell you is that it's a good stick and you should smoke it. And, you know, that's that's not right. And, but well, yeah, it's been knocking down the walls of stuff that just hasn't been told, uh, things that are false with the brand, and uh, big time the bands on the brands. I guess a lot of people don't really like the band, so that was, that's my biggest hump that I'm trying to uh, get over with uh, Scott Zuka and uh, you what know, don't Chris they like about the band? Help out on some art design, and we really want to make it cool. What don't they like about the bands? Like somebody verbalized and said, like I don't like your bands. It has been verbalized, yeah. It's it's kind of a mixed and emotion thing. Some people come by and they go, you know, I really like the simplicity of the bands. And I like how you're not trying to shove a lot of stuff in the band, and it's just kind of like here. And, you know, some people say, uh, I like the band. It's simple because it kind of proves that I don't have a nice, I don't have to have a nice band to have a great cigar. So, but then you get the guys that are like, well, it's not very artsy. It doesn't pop very much, and I can't sell that in my shop. And, you know, and I understand that. It's uh, some of the bands kind of look like they just got printed up. And it's not like a, not a lot of work went into the band. I think simplicity is sometimes the best thing because it's you know at the end of the day the band is just the band. You're taking it off and it's going in the garbage. It's all about the smoke. Exactly. I just I tell those people Absolutely. to you know take take the high road. Yeah, we don't want to change it up to be artsy, but just you know give it maybe a uh, give the simplicity a little more pop. Kind of like uh, you know how Lugiard does their like silver band in the white background, but it's it's still simple, but it pops. Yeah, it does pop. Let me ask you something, Spencer. When you're not surfing, what exactly are you doing for the brand? And what's your, some of your responsibilities as brand manager? 
responsibilities is uh, just being a road warrior, man. I just I just fly out all over the place with our sales reps, and I just hit their territory with them. I do events at shops. I help them move their product, whether it's – and, you know, for us in the House of Emilio family, you know, under the five brands that we are, Ezra, Guayacan, Nomad, 1502 – it's cool when we go into the shop, each of us as brand managers, because people get really thrown off by us. Say if I go into a shop with uh, one of one of the reps, and they only carry 1502, I'm gonna help them move 1502. I'm not I'm not gonna be there just for Emilio. You know, if they carry Nomad, I'm gonna help them move Nomad. And uh, if it's not working, I'll, you know, hey, what else can I get you? Is there a different brand you want to try out of House of Emilio? Is there a different cigar from Nomad that you want to try? Da-da-da-da. You know, that's that's the one thing I really like about the culture of our cigar family we have because you don't really find that a lot in the cigar industry of where someone's just helping another brand out as much as they're helping their own brand. Very, 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 very cool. So let me ask something. Uh, can you tell us, did you have anything new that you showed at the show that you're excited that's going to be hitting the shelves that our consumers can be looking for? Hmm. Anything, anything that I can tell to get you guys excited? No, well, no. I mean, like, what did you show? Did you have any new, new stuff that you showed at the IPCPR this last week that's going to be hitting store shelves in the near future that, you know, our consumers could look for? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, right now we just have the core lines, and it's the the AF series. We have the Malete and Musa. We have the Miadora, and but we're working on a new project of something coming out for Emilio to kind of revamp it. You know, give it a fresh lift. So, uh, I mean, I just say you know look out for. AF series coming into shops nearby because I'll be traveling here in a couple of days, just hitting all territories I can to try to get shops to uh, recognize the brand again and uh, revisit how good it is and bring it into their shop. And so AF series, AF1, AF2, AF Suave, and then uh, Malete Musa. Now, just well, the whole I got a question. I'd ask people just to go into local shops and try to find Emilio cigars. Anything sure. from House of Emilio, really. Just go and try to find Nomad, Guaycon, 1502, Ezra Zion. Just support House of Emilio. Little boutique guys now, trying to be big. Now, you mentioned 1502. We had Enrique Sanchez on the show not that long ago. Um, is, yeah. is I mean, that's that's his brand. You guys distribute it for him, or what's the relationship there? So, there's Emilio Cigars, and then there's the house of Emilio and it's kind of it's a bunch of boutique guys that have uh, come together to work together with their brands he owns 1502 and we just kind of help him on the side with whatever he needs and you know he has this back support of a lot of cool dudes you know that love him and appreciate him and are for his projects and what he does and we can help him so and then, and then we have Noel with Guayacan. So, for instance, that's a good thing right now. Uh, Ezra Zion just blended all my exes, but they did it out of Noel's factory, which Noel's brand is in the house of Emilio, but that's, like, kind of how we work. We just help each other in expanding each other's brand and lifting it up. Wow, very interesting. Well, listen, Spence, 
We wish you the best of luck. Keep up the good work. And uh, any of our listeners who are interested, please visit houseofemilio.com and check out their fine cigars, and hopefully you can find a local retailer near you. We can give them a try. Thanks for coming on the show, Spence. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Very cool, buddy. Um, up ahead after the break, we're going to have Adam Burns. He's an ex-police uh, officer, 26 years experience. Uh, talk about what's going on in the country today with police and violence and and how uh, citizens are too. reacting with it and Ugh. the stuff that uh, cops and you know, everyday good cops are having to go through and deal with right now because of it. So it should be a very interesting topic. We're going to go <clears throat> through that right after this. WSWN Belglade, Palm Beach, Jupiter. It's no secret. There's a movement in this country to squash the rights of cigar smokers. These busybodies want to impose their will on cigar manufacturers, retailers, and smokers with exorbitant taxes and unfair restrictions. As a cigar enthusiast, you do have a voice in this fight. Cigar Rights of America. CRA is your partner in Washington and all 50 states in the struggle to preserve your rights to enjoy cigars at reasonable prices in traditional settings. For the price of a few cigars, just $35 a year, you can join CRA and support their efforts in your behalf. Join up today on the Smokers' Rights page at thecigarstation.com. The new Romeo Inejo by Romeo y Julieta is crafted with a passion grown through time. Its double-fermented 2008 vintage tobaccos find their perfect companion with a stock-cut dark Connecticut wrapper. Together, they're aged in unique cedar cojones for a bold, sophisticated experience featuring notes of coffee and dark chocolate. Experience the timeless passion of the Romeo Añejo today at your local tobacconist. Surgeon General's warning, cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat even if you do not inhale. Arturo Fuente, the reigning family of premium cigars since 1912, artistically combining old-world traditions and unparalleled craftsmanship with flavorful aged tobaccos, making Arturo Fuente the best-selling premium cigars in America. From the world-renowned Fuente Fuente Opus X to the new line of highly rated Arturo Fuente Rosado Magnum R Series, the Fuente family is proud to offer cigars for every palate. Whether you're a connoisseur or an occasional smoker, discover why only Fuente is Fuente. Duho, Quake, Cuave, and Cucuano. Premium cigars, 100% handcrafted Nicaraguan blend. Consistency, balance, aroma, and strength. Duho, Quake, Cuave, and Cucuano. The closest cigars to perfection. To find your nearest retailer, visit cucubanocigars.com. With the launch of the Siri D, Eddie Ortega has returned to the classic roots of cigar making. Crafted in Nicaragua, the Ortega Siri D is now available in six classic sizes, from the 4.5 by 48 number 6 to the newly released 6 by 60. Available in both a Mexican Maduro and a Habano Rosado wrapper, Ortega cigars will delight and enthrall even the most demanding of cigar smokers. Stop by any smoking location and try an Ortega Siri D today. Ortega cigars, classic cigar sizes for classic smokers. Christoph Cigars has taken the boutique cigar industry by storm. Made in the spirit of elite Cuban cigar, Christoph allows you to experience the rich flavor and tradition found in the finest Cuban blends. Christoph Cigars are made using only the highest quality Habano seed and double fermented premium tobaccos from around the world. 
With 14 premium hand blends to choose from, mild to full-bodied, Christophe has a blend that is sure to satisfy the most discriminating cigar aficionado. Discover your Christophe today. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Back to hour two of Kiss My Ash Radio, broadcasting in front of a live audience in the world famous Casa Monte Cristo Cigar Bar in the heart of Boynton Beach, Florida. I'm your host, Honest Abe, along with my gang, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely lady M. Woot woot. Woot woot. Woot woot. What is that? I don't know. W O O T W O O T. Is that like a sound? Like a. Woo-hoo. I don't know. I see it texted all the time. Woot, woot. Yeah. <laughs> I love you know? it. Anyways, uh, we got an interesting segment coming up uh, now. But before we get into it, you know, speaking of law enforcement, um, we almost had about 40 people get arrested in <laughs> yeah. New Orleans. We didn't talk about that. No, we, we totally, we know we were talking about it beforehand. And we were like, we got to say, but we got to talk about it on the yeah, air. Yeah, Rocky Patel almost started a cigar revolution yeah. at the IPCPR. Tell me about this. Yeah, so the best part is we're, we're at this uh, famous door bar. Having a go-away party for our friend Tom Reiner of Davidoff. Tom Reiner of Davidoff, who yeah. finished his three years of stint here and going back to Switzerland. We're, everybody in the industry, Rocky, Tom, I mean, everybody's yeah. going out to give, show Tom a good time. Yeah. So we go to Bourbon Street, and we're at the famous Red Door. And uh, Nice band, live music. Live music. Unfortunately, they Bon Jovi, Buzz Killed, and Journeyed Me as soon as we walked in the they door. They did. I was, so, I was like, really? Come on, guys. I just walked in the door. Uh, it's supposed to be like a blues bar or something. Yeah. Like that. Was, they were coming to Bon Jovi. But, but anyways. So, I, I'll, so I'm standing there know, in the middle of the bar. You can't smoke anywhere in New Orleans. Right. So, so all of a sudden, Rocky is standing in the middle of the bar and lights up a cigar. And I'm like, what are you? What? What? what what in the world? What are they going to do? Put you in jail? Hold on. So he lights up the cigar, and all of a sudden, one security guy comes over. And then another Wait, security guy on. comes let me, over. Wait, let me pre-up the story a little bit. Now, we said, what the heck's going on? He goes, no, I've worked it out already. He said he was there the night before, okay? And they asked him to put out a cigar. He wouldn't do it. The manager came up, put out the cigar. He wouldn't do it. He said, get the owner. The owner says, listen, you got to put out your cigar. So he had like 30, 40 people with him. Mm-hmm. So they said, you're going to have to leave. So they all go outside. He rallies everybody up and says, listen gives everybody a cigar. We're all going to light these cigars and all go back inside. Yeah. So all like 40 of them go back inside and light a cigar. And then finally, the manager says, um, all right, you win. Brings out ashtrays, lets them smoke tonight. So Rocky's under the assumption the next night's okay too. So he has this whole group. All of a sudden, everybody's lighting lighting cigars, smoking. The band stops playing music like twice to announce there's no smoking allowed here. Please do not smoke. And all this stuff's going on. So I guess whatever he worked out that night before... Didn't apply no. that night. It was funny because Rocky had like this 10-minute diatribe with these two bouncers, and all of a sudden they left. And I'm like, okay. We're good. We're good. We're good. We can all smoke in here, apparently. And Rocky's like, yeah, it's okay. And then he told the story about the night before, and we were like, fantastic. This is awesome. Victory for the cigars. So everybody starts lighting up. The next thing we know... Rocky's outside with the police. Cops are outside telling them he can't smoke. 
all this stuff. And then there's a meeting with Matt from the IPCPR, who's in charge of legislation, Rocky, then Jim Young of Davidoff, and then another police officer. And then another police officer shows up. And then the bartender starts the refusing to serve anyone that has a lit cigar. Were they were the police like understanding, or were they kind of like really annoyed I, with I, it? I think the police are just even more annoyed that they have to even deal with this crap. In right, the I, fact I, I that think, it's I think it, it's a waste of their time as baloney. So, anyways, long story short, Rocky Patel, listen to this, Izzy. Rocky Patel and Jim Young pay a thousand dollars each yep. and say, "Well, this is a private function now." Which under the city ordinance means that they can smoke. So everybody smoked all night. Really? Inside. Yep. Yep. They, they, Jim Young and Rocky put up a thousand dollars each, paid the bar, said this is now a private function. Anybody doesn't like it, they can leave, and the whole bar smoked so, all night. So, oh, if it's a private party. It, uh, the way the ordinance is read, if it's a private party, it's okay. It can be done because um, my father rented my, pri- out, my father bought Morton's. And you could smoke inside we of it. We all smoked. I mean, that place is a chimney. They bought the whole restaurant. In fact, when you walked up to the restaurant, it said. Closed for a private function. And they bought it for three nights. Yeah, two or three nights I think they had there. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, let me tell you something. Those people know how to party. I mean, going to my father party and going to the Davidoff party, oh, my God. I mean, I mean, Davidoff party is all snazzy and nice, but it's like going to the Emmys, you know. Uh, okay. Yeah. Listen, these guys had a DJ. All of a sudden, they got up. I mean, Pepin was basically short of breakdancing. I mean, any, in about a couple of seconds, I expect him to get on his back and start spinning on the floor. He even did one of these where he pulls up the back of his collar. I said, who taught you that move? He goes, I created that move back in Cuba. He's hilarious. But these people know how to party, man. They are rock stars. So that, they, they threw a great, great party. Um, them and Pete Johnson, the fine folks from Team Tituahe. It was an awesome, awesome shindig. So anyways, hot topic in America right now, law enforcement. A lot of problems, more a lot of controversy. A lot of controversy. More and more we're seeing police abuse authority, um, doing things they shouldn't be doing, maybe taking it one step too far, and unfortunately uh, affecting public feeling, public opinion, and, and affecting uh, you know a lot of cops who are doing the right things every day and how they have to go about doing their job. So uh, we invited Adam Burns, retired sheriff with 26 years with Broward County Sheriff. Adam, welcome. Thanks for coming on Kiss My Ash Radio. Good morning. So uh, give us a little bit about your background, how you got in law enforcement. Well, at 18 years old, right out of high school, I uh, joined the police academy, uh, started off in the Department of Corrections for a year, and uh, gained my way into the police academy at 19 with the city of Pompano Beach, Broward County. Wow. And, um, you know, what's... what's we, we, we have text. There we go. You might, I can hear better. You might hear us better now. I hear you now. There you go. And um, you've been retired for how long now? Uh, about a year. About a year. How's retirement treating you? Not good. I, I was injured in the line of duty. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. So basically uh, that ended my career. Um, can't go into it for some legal issues, but um, uh, I loved my job. I mean, it was a great 26-year run. Um, i seen the best of the best, the worst of the worst. And uh, it is a hot topic going on right now in this country. Uh, anytime you turn on the news, uh, social media. Well, with with phone cams and everything going on now, that, I mean nobody's getting away with anything, you know. I mean, I, I saw this guy, who, you know, was, I don't know, it was on Facebook or something because there's, there's a post on Facebook almost every day about a cop doing something. But he body slams this girl that was already detained. She was in handcuffs. And oh goodness, the one in the, in the. She was in the White Hall. She was in the, you know in the, in the station. Yeah. He had her handcuffed in a chair. And, or, or she got up, he slammed her back in the chair, then she tried... Kicking him. him. But that body slam... He that body was like, slammed that was her, like man. 
That was like a judo. Ten feet up yeah. and then down and then knocked her teeth out. Is that what happened? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I don't even like which was which was excessive, but you know what? She never should have kicked him. But still, but there's there's. She's already handcuffed. I know. There's a reasonable way to deal with a situation like that. Body slamming the girl from did, ten feet up in the air was not. I mean, did you see any of this while you were working for twenty six years? Did you see I, cops abused? Oh, absolutely. It's, um, I mean, we. You know, we come out of society just like uh, any human being. You know, we have families uh, with different backgrounds. Uh, we, we have officers that uh, unfortunately tarnish the badge. Uh, we have some sitting in federal prison that they actually know. Um, but on the flip side, we also have great cops uh, from all cultural backgrounds. Correct. Um, and we're faced now with reactive policing in this country um, where uh, predominantly the African-American communities are not trusting us. Um, and there's reasons. And the reason is we're having a breakdown in trust. Um, you know, if you go back into 1990s when uh, we were doing community policing, uh, where officers from all backgrounds were getting into the community to find out from community leaders what they wanted uh, from a police officer in their community. Every community has different needs. Um, it, it, it would be different, like uh, in, in West Palm right now, like if you read the front page of the paper, uh, they've had three homicides in, in, in the last five days. Nobody's coming forward. Uh, Forty witnesses witnessed these shootings. No one's coming forward. They don't trust the police. Um, so we're getting away from uh, getting to the crux of gaining trust again. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were, you were describing, you know, use of force. Mm-hmm. There are times where police officers have to use force. Of course. But it has to be reasonable. Exactly. Um, and... There's, you know, a lo- there's a fine line. There is a fine line. Um, you know, officers want to go home at the end of the night. In this country, we lose a cop every 58 hours. That's the wow. reality. Uh, yes, every 58 uh, hours, and that's and that's from all backgrounds. Right. Uh, we're losing police officers, and right now, with uh, <clears throat> unfortunately what's going on in this country with these high-profile cases, we uh, are not trusted. We're getting ambushed. Uh, we're getting uh, uh, assaulted more. And most police officers are shutting down in this country. They're not doing their jobs. They're afraid to even do their jobs. Right. They don't want to make national news. I mean, they right. got families to go home to. Um, but unfortunately, this week, I mean, we just saw uh, uh, Sandra Bland, uh, uh, the one that African American ca- female, stop committed suicide. Committed yeah. suicide in jail. I mean, it's tough because immediately, pe- the public is going to say the cops did it. Right. You know. Right. And, you know, I watched the video, okay, yeah. um, and, and I'm devil's advocate, and I hate quarterbacking, but the, the reality is that's what we do in this country. Right. We, we are going to quarterback. Um, <clears throat> there was a valid stop, whether, you know, it was a petty stop. I mean, it was for change, uh, illegal lane change. If we ever had that law in Florida, everyone would be stopped. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I mean, no one uses signals. How about just stay in your lane? Yeah, right, exactly. So if you notice the, count, the, the reaction when the officer approaches the car, right away it was controversial. She's smoking a cigarette, which you have a right to do, sure. but officer safety. We think officer safety. I mean, I've been fl- I, I've had cigarettes flicked at me. It's not fun to be burned. Uh, cell phones. I mean, we have a lot of cell phones out there right now that look like firearms. So that could have went a different way. Unfortunately, it escalated real quick. She goes to jail, and unfortunately, she takes her life. Uh, at, at least that's what allegedly the, the uh, preliminary investigation is. Right. It's a sad story. See, here's my problem on where these things are going now. Because, I mean, look, I've always said law enforcement's job's hard enough as it is. 
okay? These are guys who when two or three armed guys run into an abandoned building, they're supposed to follow them in there. Right. I mean, I mean, that's like, you know, who does that? So their job's already hard enough. But the problem that I'm seeing, like I saw this one video, and when I read all the posts, everybody's defending this kid's civil liberties, his civil rights, all this BS. But the problem is this guy had the intention to make a problem out of this, okay? It's right. a routine traffic stop. They're stopping everybody. He's already got his phone on to videotape this, right? So the cop pulls up, lower your window. He lowers it an inch. And the cop says, can you please lower your window? No, that's low enough. So you're already being a schmuck. Right, don't, right? don't instigate but, it. But, you know, his legal right is he only has to lower it enough to be able to communicate to the cop. So the kid, like, knows all his legal legalities. Right. And the first thing is, am I being detained? He starts asking, am I being detained? So you're already given the impression that you're trying to hide something or there's a problem. Why? Why? I mean, so, so now people are trying to entrap cops into right. doing a bad thing, you know? And they made a big thing. They took him out of the car. They had a dog search his car, get up on the But it just, why? You know, if I get pulled over, the first thing I do is I lower all my windows in yeah. my car. Every, all four of them. Hands on 10 and 2, let the guy see my hands, I leave my hands open, let him come to the car feeling safe. Right. You know, why are we already trying to make trying their to make hard job harder? And that's the problem I that's have. That's why I don't feel bad for some of these people that get into but situations But you should like have this. seen these people, oh, his civil liberty, his civil right. Man, roll down your window, tell the cop, you know, hey, I got nothing going on, but, answer his question and move on. Right, But I more, agree. But more importantly, we, we, in this country right now, we have politicians across the aisle that are not, they're in denial. This is a hard topic to talk about. I mean, they don't want to politically talk about this. It starts at a local level. It starts with the community leaders getting together, uh, coming up with solutions. I mean, we used to have, uh, uh, you know, open forum town hall meetings, which Boynton Beach, right here where we're broadcasting from, I give uh, credit to Chief Katz. I mean, he's having uh, open forum meetings to the public to find out what are they doing right, what are they doing wrong, it, you got to have a sit-down discussion. Uh, if, if this is not solved, okay, uh, with all these high-profile issues that are occurring, or having mayor, a mayor of the biggest police department in this country, the Blousey in New York, telling his kids, don't trust the police after that incident in New York, I mean, that to me, the whole New York police department pretty much shut down. So... We have to get this us versus them mentality off the table mm -hmm. and get back into what is the real problems here. Um, you know, we, we, we have family breakdowns in this country. I mean, we could go into a five-hour dissertation on sure. why this is occurring. Um, but no one wants to come up with the solution. And the solution is getting back into community policing, which a lot of cops, and I was one of them at, at, at the time before I became an instructor, I used to think it was soft on crime. It's not soft on crime. You get into the community, find out what the leaders want in their community. Uh, I predominantly worked in the African-American community uh, most of my career. I never had a problem. 26 years, never been disciplined. Uh, my supervisor is in the audience. He could vouch for that. Uh, you know, I believed in what I was teaching because I know it works. You know, if you're just joining us, we're speaking with Adam Burns, retired sheriff with 26 years in Broward County, and we're talking about, you know, the law enforcement situation in America today and the public relations with that. You know, my question is this, because, look, obviously, <clears throat> you know, even in the military and law enforcement, I believe there's some broken people there. My question is, do you think this is problematic inherently 
with some of the people right when they're hired that maybe a, a psych profile should have caught, there's something wrong there, or some of these people just over the years just gotten demented and, and tarnished and broken from the job? There's a little bit of both going on right now. I mean, departments, you know, remember, we're reactive, uh, you know, to a problem. Like the city of West Palm in the, in the paper says we're going to have a meeting regarding all these shootings. They wait for something to occur. Um, I think we're doing better on recruiting new officers. Um, it's a lot more strict guidelines on doing psych evals. How, how intensive is a psych eval? Very, I mean, are they going to catch somebody who's a little, oh, you know, a few, it, few fries short of a Happy Meal? It's it's pretty intense. I mean, you're looking at a three-hour uh, psych eval. You're looking at an uh, hour-and-a-half polygraph. I mean, this is very intense. Did you ever on. work with somebody that you looked at and said, Yep. Man, how did that guy ever pass his psych yep. evaluation? We all have them. Every department wow. across the country has... Like the guy in Super Troopers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's his name? Barbara. Barbara. Yeah, Barbara. <laughs> Sorry. But, but it's in every corporation. It's not just in police. I no, mean, no. We're talking about police today, but... I, I got a few people I work with that I say the same thing about every day. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> how does he work here? <laughs> how did we hire him? <laughs> so you've been calling smoking? So, yeah, so, you, so it, it, it does get slipped through the cracks. And then we also have, you know, people coming out of the military, you know, that have issues. Uh, trauma. And, trauma. Sure. And they're getting right back into, you know, they served their country honorably, and they, you know, they were officers, got deployed. And, you know, there has to be a mechanism in place, you know, coming back out of, uh, you know, war. Um, I don't know if departments are doing that. I mean, that's, you know. Civil, uh, uh, you know, c- civilian review boards, uh, you know, getting involved in departments. When there is an alleged allegation against officers, there should be a mixed group from that community sitting to find out, you know, was the officer right or wrong? Let the community decide. It'll cut out a lot of this, you know, uh, uh, you know, rhetoric that's going on. Do you think it's mendable? Do you think, do you think, we, we, I mean, look, here's the reality situation is, with as big as the country is today, and as many law enforcement officers today, and as many interactions or confrontations that happen on a daily basis, it's bound to happen. But the problem is now, with all the phones and the cameras and everything, they're all popping up everywhere. So even though probably it's on such a very small scale, you know, five is like a lot. When you, you, know, when you look at the odds, you know, it's not, you know. Right. But... Because now there's such a venue and a vehicle to get it out there and for millions and millions, millions of people to see it, do you really think that this can be solved or resolved over time? Once, once these politicians, and it starts at the political level, come out of denial and have discussions well, on... Well, it's up to the politicians. We're screwed. Well, you know, but it starts at a local level. Civilians vote these people in, and they can vote them out. Um, I mean, that's just really the bottom line. Uh, you know... The reality is, uh, you know, we'll talk about, uh, you know, uh, Freddie Gray, for instance, uh, Baltimore incident. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you watch that video, um, there was an incident where this this guy couldn't walk to the police van. So let's take that as an example. The officers had an obligation to get him medical treatment. Right. Okay. They failed. Right. Okay. And that was a mixed group of officers. It wasn't just white. I right. mean, it was a mixed yep. bunch of officers possibly could have saved this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, you know, I, I'm a straight shooter. I'll call that one the way it is. They failed pretty bad right on the, you know, uh, on the onset of that. But getting back to your question, can we mend this? This is really going to take communities coming together, looking at, you know, uh, statistically, uh, and it's in the notes, you know, with uh, Juan Williams even said, we lost 6,000 African-Americans in 2014 black-on-black crime. 
You know, we're well, not talking about that. Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson are not sitting down and saying, where is the solution to this? Yeah. Right. What are we doing? They only come out on these high-profile stuff. Of course. And, and stir the pot. That's what works for them. Well, mm-hmm. you know, the reality is people are dying every day, and predominantly our prison system is filled, predominantly African-American people. And there's a breakdown. So... You know, jails are filled, unfortunately, uh, with, with, with African-Americans and minorities, and we can have a discussion on that. But we can mend this if we come together, all races, all across the board in politics, to really come up with a solution instead of being reactive. Absolutely. Well, Adam, thank you for coming on the show. We deeply appreciate it, and uh, thank you for your 26 years of service. I got something for you, Abe, before we go. Uh-oh. Oh, yep, yep. Special little memento. Please do not uh, point this at any police officer that comes in here. Uh, but this is oh. a nice little mug. You know? <laughs> yeah. A little gun mug. That's actually pretty cool. That is really cool. Uh, that's going to be my new coffee mug. Yeah. Stays solely in my office. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty bad. Yeah. I figured that was Abe all the way. All the way. Thank you very much. That was very cool. And I love your place, Abe, by the Thank way. You. Thank you. You know, it's a cop's dream. We have Dunkin' Donuts next door, <laughs> and, and, and we have cigar bars. I mean, you know, love it. But. Thanks a lot, Adam. We appreciate it. After the break, we got Dave Pounder, author of Obscene Thoughts, a pornographer's perspective on sex, love, and dating. This should be interesting. I hope you got a lot of questions lined up for him, Lady M, right after this. Follow us on Twitter at Kiss My Ass Radio. Yes, it's mandatory. The recently released Perdomo Double Age 12 Year Vintage is an extremely rare blend of Perdomo's finest and most cherished 12 year old fillers, binders, and wrappers. Bale aged for 10 years and then barrel aged in bourbon barrels for an additional two years, these exquisite Nicaraguan tobaccos are bursting with rich, complex flavors. Offered in Connecticut Sun-Grown or Maduro, each Perdomo double-aged 12-year vintage pairs extremely well with the finest Scotch whiskeys, bourbons, and other fine spirits. Available at only 250 authorized tobacconists worldwide, the Perdomo double-aged 12-year vintage is a must-have for every cigar enthusiast. Truly bold cigars like a good story. Perfectly crafted throughout, and you never want it to end. Take it from Rob Weiss, member of Camacho's Board of the Bold and the creator of the award-winning TV series Entourage. The Camacho Corojo is hand-built from authentic Corojo seeds, built for the expert palate and fine-tuned for maximum flavor impact, consistency, and quality. Coots Cigars presents Miro, a balanced, complex cigar with dominant notes of earth and sweet cream complemented by cocoa, spice, and nuts. With fillers from Nicaragua and Honduras and employing a beautiful Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, this medium to full-bodied cigar offers a delicious bittersweet combination with an easy draw. With a rating of 91 by Cigar Snob Magazine. Mito Cigars, presented by Coots. Available at tobacconist retailers nationwide. Coots.com. That's K-U-U-T-S dot com. Honest Abe here, and let me tell you, undeniably, there's only one premium handcrafted stick that's 100% different than any other. Drew Estate's Acid. It's so wildly different that it's difficult to describe in words. Sweet, herbal, botanical, earthy, delectable, and on and on. They keep its unique infusion process a total secret, and with good cause, because everyone would copycat this unique cigar if they knew how. Guys love it, girls love it, and the people you smoke it around love it. 
Everyone loves acid cigars. Keeping Cuba's most coveted traditions for three generations, the legend continues with San Latano. With signature blends by A.J. Fernandez, available in a smooth and creamy Connecticut, a hearty, rich San Andreas box press, Maduro, and a robust, full-bodied Habano. A.J. Fernandez continues the legacy with his new creation, the prestigious San Latano Oval. Using ultra-premium aged tobacco that takes a whole new shape and balance, the San Latano Oval is now available in both a Maduro and Habano wrapper. Visit your local tobacconist today and ask for San Latano Cigars by A.J. Fernandez. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Like the legend of the Phoenix. With beginnings, what keeps the planet spinning? Ah, the force from the beginning. Welcome back, folks. Honest Abe here. Kiss my ash radio broadcasting with my gang, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. A big shout out to Scott S. in my hometown of Chicago. You are a social media winner of the word today. The word was arrested, and we'll be sending you a five pack courtesy. Of iconic cigars. And also a big congratulations to Jeff H. from Cincinnati. He won our Zycar Prize today. Nice. So uh, we got people listening all over. High five. All over the country. Very, very cool. So, yes, I had to send my daughter out of the studio, out of the shop, uh, out of the lounge for this segment. Um, very uh, interesting guest uh, we have. We have Dave Pounder, um, <laughs> author of Obscene Thoughts, a pornographer's perspective on sex love and dating that's right dave welcome to kiss my ash radio thanks for having me on i appreciate it now i'm pretty confident you got the name pounder because you like to fist pump Ab- a lot absolutely is that, is that how that name came out <laughs> so you got you, you got an award the, the book is award-winning yeah photographer's, uh, pornographer's perspective on sex love and dating tell us a little bit about the book well basically um you know i think most people's uh, perspective on relationships is kind of outdated or isn't really accurate. Um, and the analogy I use is back in the day, everybody thought that um, everything revolved around the earth, right? And then all of a sudden, scientists did some research and said, well, wait a second, all the data indicates that everything revolves around the sun. And there was a lot of controversy. Sure. And there was a lot of people jailed and even killed for even making that claim because yep. it contradicted many of the things that were in these religious texts and things like that. Um, and it's so evident um, that there are differences in male and female brain psychology. So, for example, we, yeah. it's clear that women have breasts, men do not, right? And there's adaptive reasons. Yeah. That's well. debatable. <laughs> That's debatable, but go ahead. But, you know, there's adaptive reasons for that. <clears throat> women give birth. Women have to nurse babies. Um, men do not. <clears throat> so this idea that men and women have the same brain is also erroneous because we men and women face different adaptive problems over time. That, that's been out for a long time. Sure. Now, men are from Venus or whatever. Earth, Earth, Earth Mars. Yeah, men are, Earth, yeah, men are from Mars whatever. and men are from Venus. So, um, but the problem there is... I don't is, think anybody today thinks that men and women think the same. Well, a lot of people will argue most of the social psychology focuses on what they call social constructivism or like a blank slate tabula rasa um, uh, premise, which is when, when a kid is born, male or female, that all of their attitudes are basically socialized. That, you know, if you give... I don't buy that. I don't either. I got four... <laughs> Difference already. 
Absolutely. Just, just, and how they behave. Right. My girls were gentle and soft. This kid wants to break everything, shake everything, knock everything over, yep. take everything apart. I mean, I already see the differences just in, in, in the youth. Tell it to the social psychology. Yeah, you know? I don't believe in that <laughs> clean slate. So, yeah. Well, now there's a there's a evolving field called evolutionary psychology, which which talks about universal differences. Um, so, for example, men have a lower cost of having sex than women do. If I were to walk down the street and meet a girl, and let's just say she decides to have sex with me. We're good with it. Yeah. My, my investment is could be 10 seconds, right. theoretically, right? But if she were to get pregnant, now she has to basically develop this baby the baby's born. She wants the baby to survive. So this is why women typically want to get to know men before they have sex with them. They want to get their... Um, you think you that's know, subliminal, even though they're, they're knowing they're having casual sex. Yeah, but even the even the women, when they have casual sex, typically do it with men that they know. Typically, women aren't having sex with short, meek, you know, men who live with their mothers that have no relationship prospect. Usually, Sorry, Adam. <laughs> no, you're not sure. You know, so, so I also do not live with my mother. It's because she doesn't live here in Florida. If she was in Florida, I think there's a chance you might. Really? <laughs> but, but, you know, again, they face different adaptive problems. So for a woman to mate indiscriminately over evolutionary time would not be beneficial for her because, you know, the, the man isn't going to stick around sure. in the vest because he doesn't know that that baby is his baby. Where, where for men, we have unlimited sperm. Sperm is cheap. I could go around and have sex with a different girl every hour for the rest of my life and have 10,000 kids sure. like Genghis Khan did, right? Sure. Um, but women can only have a fixed number of children in their lifetime. So a mate choice is very, very um, important for them. It's very important that they choose the right mate because they want to get the right genetic quality and they want to make sure that that man is around to invest both for parental investment as well as resource investment. Um, so the thing Boy, is... Boy, I think if women actually thought like that, I think they'd have like 50% less issues and problems in life. <laughs> But they do. I mean, think about. I mean, ah, think not about, in Florida. Are you kidding me? I, I see. I see all these girls with bad dating tastes and wrong uh-huh. guys, just awful men. You know, sure. can't provide, aren't good quality. Uh-huh. You know, are not going to be around. Uh-huh. Why do they? If, if they if they think that way, why are they still doing that? Well, typically, remember it's dating market, right? So, for example, the most attractive women. Okay, now now by social science standards. The highest value women are young women um, of high reproductive value, right? So women that are typically, you know, 18 to 25 for the most part, um, that are have a waist-hip ratio of 0.7, which signals fertility. If you cool. are, think about a girl who's a college student, you know, 22, beautiful, nice natural breasts, thin, etc. I can almost guarantee you <clears throat> that the boyfriend that she's dating is in law school, in medical school, um, is tall, has personality, confidence, social status, etc. It's highly unlikely that, again, she's dating the guy who lives with his mother that's not in college and working at the local auto repair store. Okay, now, conversely, take a girl, just by social standards, who, say, is overweight and older. Let's say you're a, a 55-year-old you know, woman who's a size 15. I'm not trying to be, right. you know... Uh, just setting you know, a precedent. Yeah, yeah. basically. Chances are that she, her husband is not a physician, is not an attorney, is not a high-status male, probably isn't tall. Now, keep in mind, and you'll notice this, that if, if her husband is, chances are when they got married, you know, she was more in sort of what they would call high mate value uh, probability. So um, that's what you're going to notice, um, that the more attractive women are going to be pairing off and mating with men who are uh, tall, confident, personable, with high social status and resources, and the men who have those resources and social status are more likely to be dating um, attractive girlfriends. Okay, got a question now for you. Absolutely. You are obviously in the porn industry, right? So you're privy to a lot of young, 22, pretty good-looking girls. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me they all had this... I mean, did they, they did not have bad boyfriends, bad choices, guys who were... 
Sure. So what does that account for? Lack well, of education, lack of upbringing? Well, most because, I mean, of the girls, they, they fit your sure. 19 to 22, sure. natural, good-looking, so, but they're making bad choices, I guarantee right, you. Right. Well, most of these girls that come to porn do so because, again, it's a market, right? If you have if you have no um, education, let's say you're 18 years old, you're an attractive girl, you have no education, if you go to Starbucks, you're making 6 $7 an hour. You go to Applebee's, you're making six, seven dollars right. an hour. You go to porn, you're making a thousand dollars a shoot. So there's this market. There you go. There's this market. I'm too old. Oh, too old. <laughs> no, no, you're not. <laughs> we have what's called the milf, the milf line. There you go. You're a milf. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh. But the thing is, is so there's this, there's this market, and there's this sort of market efficiency where if porn paid seven, eight dollars an hour. Girls wouldn't go to porn because it's not in their natural instinct to go around and have sex with, with men indiscriminately. You could give men no money and they would, of course. They would do mm-hmm. porn. But the problem is the they might pay for it. Exactly. And <laughs> the reason that, that they actually pay men for porn is one performance. It's difficult for men to get uh, erections and perform for the under the conditions that are present with the lighting and the people right. watching. Um, and secondly, if you don't pay them and you want to shoot a scene and they're at work because everybody has to work, then right. they're not available. Right. So this is why women probably make about twice what men make. If a girl the only industry 1, 000, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah the only industry. Um, so, so these girls, I mean, they, they come to the business because what type of 18-year-old needs $1,000 right away? Usually somebody who either has a drug problem, somebody who has is a single mother and doesn't have the means or resources to support her child. So these are the women... That don't really have any other choice. They still proactively make the choice. You don't think some are just wait? What about our what about our our server? She was a server at a bar, like one next to a bar that we worked at. And next thing you know, we found a video of her doing it. Like Bang Brothers. She she wasn't. She and I knew her personally. She wasn't a drug addict. I think think some girls are just into it. Legit, just wanted to make some extra money. I you know I did a radio show yesterday, and uh, one of the co-hosts was telling me, you know, and these are the signs. You know, oh, I'm just I I I view sex like men. I can separate love and emotion. I can have an open relationship. A girl was saying this. Yeah, a girl was saying. One of the co-hosts of the show. Okay, got it. Not you. (laughs) (laughs) And um, you know. And, and I asked her, I said, well, listen, you know, most of the social science research would suggest that women that can mate indiscriminately or that can separate love and sex, that usually happens because of a prior, either a sexual abuse, like a, a molestation or a rape or something, or a sustained emotional abuse, meaning that somebody close to her, a mother, a father, etc., over time, were always criticizing her uh, physical appearance, saying, you have a big nose, you're too fat, you, who, who would date you with that acne? You're something physical. Happy, you're stupid. It has to be physical. Over a sustained amount of time, and it really knocks down her self-confidence. Then she goes out and has sex with all these guys because she goes, wow, Makes this guy's feel, having sex yeah. with me. Right. I am attractive. And right. then that guy ends up moving on. And then she it's gets a self-esteem issue at that right. point. Right, so it's, it's kind of a, right, it, it helps them she build up self-esteem. She forgets that the guy's getting paid. Now, <laughs> the, girl, the girl who's the victim of sexual abuse, because it's so traumatic, obviously, for a girl if that were to happen, she ends up usually recreating the experience with the same type of man that try to master what happened. So if you're a 12-year-old girl who was sexually assaulted by a you know, 50-year-old Asian man, she's going to find herself attracted to 50-year-old Asian men, having sex with them to try to recreate that environment so they can try to master what happened to them because it's so difficult for them to understand what happened. So, so wow. these, are, these are two explanations. So I, from what you're telling me about your, your bartender friend, um, I could, and again, this is based on everything's probability. There's always outliers in the, in the distribution, but chances are that she had a prior history of some kind of a of a sexual assault or sustained emotional abuse. And what's unfortunate is the statistic is that one out of three women in their lifetime um, are victims of sexual assault. Wow, People don't talk about it. it's that really, high. We wow. really need wow. to talk about uh, these well, issues. That just joining us, we're speaking with David Pounder, author of an award-winning book, Obscene Thoughts, A Pornographer's Perspective on Sex, Love, and Dating. And we're going to have more with Dave right after this. 
Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. You're listening to Kiss My Ass Radio. Named after the most interesting man in the cigar world, the Nestor Miranda Special Selection is carefully made in Esteli, Nicaragua. Using only the finest Nicaraguan Habano wrapper, the cigar is oily to the touch and is second to none in construction. Available in both a dark, spicy, sweet Oscuro wrapper and a bold, full-bodied Rosado wrapper. For the tobacconist nearest you offering Nestor Miranda cigars, visit MiamiCigarAndCompany.com. Buying a home is the biggest investment you face. Choosing the right company to help makes all the difference. Property Transfer Services is a fully licensed professional title company that has been serving Florida, New Jersey, and the entire East Coast for over 22 years. Our team of experienced licensed title officers are here to work with the seller, buyer, realtor, builder, and bank to make sure that every transaction is a success. For more information on how Property Transfer Services can help you, call Michael Raff at 561-691-5941. Again, that's 561-691-5941. Property Transfer Services is the official sponsor of The Great Smoke. Voted the number one gentleman's club worldwide. Located on Okeechobee Military Trail for the sexiest scene in the city. Come see us at the Spearman Rhino, the premier of Snail Gentleman's Club. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper, fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit DiamondCrown.com. Coots Nicaraguan Blend, a pleasing medium-bodied cigar with a mix of flavors like cinnamon, graham cracker, herbs, spice, oak, grass, and mild pepper. The latest addition to the Coots Brands is a perfectly balanced cigar with subtle and nuanced flavors blended together nicely. This cigar poses a rich blend of Nicaraguan binders and fillers and featuring an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, greatly recommended for those who simply love the enjoyment of kicking back and getting the full cigar experience. Coots Nicaraguan Blend, presented by Coots. To find your nearest tobacconist, visit Coots.com. That's K-U-U-T-S dot com. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to Kiss My Ash Radio. I'm your host, Don Steve, along with my king, Adam Key, the brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. And we are sitting here with Dave Pounder, author of the award-winning book, Obscene Thoughts, a pornographer's perspective on sex, 
explode and gaining. Dave, once again, thanks for joining us here on Kiss My Ash Radio. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate uh, it. I just want to ask a simple question. Uh, sure. Are you married? I'm not. Um, not. I used to be engaged, actually, uh-huh. um, but she wanted to have children. And I've <sighs> never been – I just – I have no interest in having kids. Yeah. You know? I like other people's kids because they're cool. You can and like they go home. home. And they go home. They go home. Back. You don't That's pay for thing. college. You don't pay for food. You don't buy them That's clothes. That's what Abe used to say until he popped out four. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Perspectives change. I see, I see in kids. In four years. I, I, didn't do the, I didn't do the popping, by you the way. Didn't. <laughs> I see kids like boats or my friend's big houses. Right? I love going to their big mansions. I love going out on their boat. But I don't want to pay the property tax. I don't right. want to heat or cool the house. I don't want the boat maintenance. Like, Are you in a relationship now? Um, I am. I, mean, you know, I typically, my thing is I'm just brutally honest. Ooh, so the girls You're on that, the right show. I know, right? <laughs> and it's like, so the thing is, is instead of doing what most men do, which is have their girlfriend and then secretly cheat on them and they don't know about it, um, I'm just honest. I'm like, listen, I want to have an open relationship, you know, and it, mo- it doesn't resonate well with most women. And think about like the market conditions behind that, right? If you're a girl. It's you becoming have, more and more embraced. I think there's, I mean. I, I've seen more swingers and open Absolutely. relationships in my Absolutely. in the last five or yep. eight years of my life than I, I could ever even imagine. People yeah. you don't even think of anymore. It's growing. It's, yeah. it's it's very very much growing because the thing is the internet now allows for accessibility. Before, if you wanted an open relationship or you wanted to do partner variety, etc., you'd have to subscribe to magazines and mail photos, and it was a very cumbersome process. Now, instant. Are, yeah, now there are adult websites like um, Adult Friend Finder and SDC. And I get these online. emails. I literally get Sandra asked. in your area wants to meet up with you. I'm like, what are these guys got scouts? What are <laughs> yeah. they scouting people? I get these emails all the time. I was like, what the heck? Yeah, but the thing is, but here's the problem is you have to think about it from an ethical perspective, right? If you're a girl, your interest is, you, to what we talked about earlier from an evolutionary perspective, is you want the guy who's going to stick around and invest, right? I mean, if you want to have a family and get married. So you're attractive girl A, and you have five guys that are interested in you. And guy A, B, C, and D say, I want commitment and monogamy. And guy D says, I'm honest and just says, I want an open relationship. Well, the girl's going to automatically exclude the last guy and say, screw him. I'm going to focus on these other four. Now, the, my argument is that all men want the open relationship. They just know that they can't say it or they're going to get basically right. kicked out. There's one honest person yeah. out of So, the in group. other words, you know, girls are like, oh, I want a guy who's – they get all upset. You know, I know so many women who cry, he lied to me, but he said this and he was out doing this. And I'm thinking, well, but he had to lie to you. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been with him. You know, and it's unfortunate because what I think most women don't understand that for men, we don't, it gets back to the evolutionary psychology stuff is our brains do not operate the same as female not. brains. Okay. I, I could be in love with a girl and never have ever had sex with her. Just fall in love with her for her personality, for her character, etc. And I could, you know, have sex with, with some girl that's Careless. has 20 kids, is a drug addict, but is beautiful. And I can have sex with her every single day for the next 20 years and not develop an ounce of feelings. For sure. Her, you know, but it doesn't work that way. For most women, most women, even in a casual sex environment, end up developing feelings for the guy, and it's sort of beyond their control. It's almost this biological response to the intimacy. Any guy, my, I always say, any guy that doesn't have an affair, or forget an affair, affair is a different story. Yeah, sure, I agree. I, I don't agree I, with affairs. I agree I, with you. Listen, I, I've said this before. I say it for my wife. I don't condemn a man who cheats on his wife, right? Because it's inherent. Okay, absolutely. I condemn a man who has an affair. I agree. Okay. Absolutely. So there's a big difference in my book. Absolutely. But any guy who never ends up falling on his wife is a guy who's just never put himself in a situation to make a bad decision. Absolutely. And it's That's the brilliance based. of it because I think any guy posed an opportunity to make a bad decision, I, I, I don't see a guy winning that choice. Well, it's like Chris Rock says, men are as faithful as their options. And I kind of that's, make, that's yeah, exactly. And I, yeah, I never heard that. It's <laughs> yeah. a great saying. And, and, and I would extend that further to say men are as... Uh, Faithful as their attractive options, because obviously if some girls five thousand pounds, right. or not she's risking 90 anything years old, from, you know, right. 
you're not going to do that. So the thing is, I think once women understand more that if a guy has sex with another girl, that it has absolutely nothing to do. And here's the analogy. You guys will like this because people love this analogy. Is I see love and relationships as like franchising a restaurant. Let's say I want to be a restaurateur. And I say, let's just say hypothetically, I want a cheesecake factory. Okay? I like the menu. I like the service. I like everything. I'm going to franchise the cheesecake factory. I'm, I'm investing so much money and time. I'm there eight hours a day. That's my place, right? But just because I eat at the Olive Garden doesn't mean that I Don't. want to sell my franchise right. and right. start franchising an Olive Garden. A good I just want the variety in the food. I still love the Olive Garden. I mean, You'll the, always uh, be a cheesecake, cheesecake factory. I will always be. Don't no, worry. He is like locked into Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> he is not. No, there is no Olive Garden. There is no right. Applebee's. Exactly. No. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Here's the thing. What about a quick drive-thru? But no no Sonic, not even no Sonic. Sonic. But nope. there's always the risk that I might discover Lou Malnati's pizza right. and say, you know what? Ooh. I like it better than Cheesecake Factory. I like it better right. than Cheesecake Factory. You know, and then maybe you decide to franchise the Lou Malnati's and sell the Cheesecake Factory. But the thing is, if you've made such an investment in the Cheesecake Factory, you're just less likely. I mean, you sure. have so much invested yeah. to want to go away from that. And and to tell, you, you know, and Cheesecake Factory could say, if it, let's make it anthropomorphic. Well, I have fettuccine Alfredo. Why do you have to go to Olive Garden? Is my chicken fettuccine right. Alfredo not good enough? That's it's like, great. no, it's just different. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's That's different. Great. It's I'm really here. getting hungry <laughs> now. <laughs> you know, and, I should have eaten before the show. And the converse of that is women's sexuality. is for, for females, sexuality, I call it as more like a job, right? If you have a job where you make a sufficient income, let's say you're making $100,000 a year, okay, and you like your boss and you like your commute. And someone says to the girl, or you know, whoever this person, would you like to make another ten thousand dollars? Most people say, no, I'm good. I, you know, I have, I work forty hours a week. I don't want more time. I enjoy my free time. There's nothing wrong with my job. When do people start looking for another job? When their salary isn't high enough? When their boss becomes a jerk? Um, if the commute becomes four hours, you know, then they start looking. So when women typically look to stray in relationships, something's she, wrong. Something's wrong. I've you, always said yes, that. Usually the guy. Any woman who leaves in rant, something's wrong something's with the guy. Something's wrong. And yep. there's three areas. There's, there's physical investment, meaning sexuality. If the guy just isn't touching her or having Making sex. Making her with feel her. good about herself. Well, that's number two. So first is just physical, like having sex, right? Or cuddling, et cetera. Number two um, would be emotional investment. How are you feeling? You look beautiful. I love you, et cetera. Um, and the third is financial investment. That meaning you have to go out and buy her a I'll house. I'll provide but, the things hey, they need. Hey, here's, here's, sure. here's a little stuffed animal dog because I know you had surgery and, yeah. I, and I'm thinking about you. You know, Here is a box of chocolates. Here are some flowers. Just, it doesn't be expensive. Just a material representation so that she feels valued. Um, if the guy is doing those three things and the girl doesn't have a prior history of sexual abuse or sustained emotional abuse and she respects the guy she's with and what he does for a living, it's virtually zero probability that she is going to cheat on him. Now, contrast that with a guy. A guy could be with the perfect. perfect girl in the world, Everything and he's perfect. got an opportunity to have sex with her attractive friend. He does it. It's just, it's just again, a different entree. It's he just had, ate a meal in a pinch. Makes it even more elusive that he's a friend. But here's the thing. But most women don't get that because they think, well, I wouldn't do that unless right. there's something wrong. Therefore, what's wrong with my relationship? Right. So once people understand these gender differences in the brain between males and females, I think you'll have a much better... Is that what this book talks about? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, it's more of a psychology book than anything else. The title is just more catchy. What exactly did you do in porn? Everything. I was a. I came in as a performer, um, wow. and then I realized, from just from the business perspective, that directors had more control and made more money. And then I went from directing and realized the producers made more money. Um, and then I realized there was no more money in porn because of all the free content, yep. and the pirated content, sure. on YouTube and torrent sites, respectively. So I said, well, how can I take this background um, and apply it uh, where it'll be 
an asset, not a liability. If I try to get a job at Goldman Sachs, they're going to be like, this guy was in porn, right? But if you start, you know, if you, if you get a PhD in human sexuality or in psychology or evolutionary psychology, it's an asset. It's like, hey, here's a guy who's worked in a commercial sex environment that's seen interaction between men and women, seen what works and doesn't work, and can provide a unique perspective. That's welcome. So, so my thing now is really to finish the PhD that I started um, in evolutionary psychology and really doing research on, on infidelity and mate choice and things like that and trying to do shows like this and try to get people who yeah. challenge Yeah, well, we could learn a lot by Absolutely. that book. Now, they can find your book, Amazon? Or? Yeah, Amazon.com. Or you can just go to ObsceneThoughts.com, O-B-S-C-E-N-E, and then Thoughts, T-H-O-U-G-H-T-S.com. And, you know, I have some radio interviews up there you can listen to. Very cool. You can read the reviews. actually a bestseller about two weeks ago on Amazon. Really? That's number, awesome. Number Very cool. Do we get a copy? I want, to, I want to read this book. Yeah, I want to read this book. I do too. Yeah, you you need it. Thanks. But yeah, listen, Dave. Honestly, thanks for coming on the show, man. It's a great segment. I want to have him. Yeah, I want to have him back on. Make sure you get him on. We'll talk about some other cool stuff and see where you're at. We barely, we barely scratched the surface. Yeah, I mean, this could be, could be a long thing. But thanks for coming on. Very awesome. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. After the break, we're gonna check with John David Toastfoot and see what he thought about this year's IPCPR trade show. Right after this. Kiss My Ass Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and Lady M. Listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kissmyassradio.com. If you created the Aging Room Small Batch Cigar Line, the highest-rated boutique cigar brands of our times, what would you do next? Well, if you're Raphael Nodal from Boutique Blend Cigars, you would combine your three most important passions of your life, Cuba, music, and cigars, and create a new classic, La Boheme Cigars. La Boheme is Raphael's take on the golden age of Cuban cigars. La Boheme is a sophisticated blend of extra-aged and hard-to-find tobacco from the Dominican Republic, a medium-bodied cigar rich in flavors, reminiscent of the island he left 35 years ago in a small boat with his family. Why wait for the embargo to be lifted? Smoke Lob OM today. Blending is in our DNA. When you light a Davidoff cigar, you set aglow the richest tradition of cigar making in the world. You release craftsmanship achieved by our investment in that most precious of commodities, time. The time it takes to create a Davidoff cigar as it passes through 600 hands before it arrives in yours. The time it takes to age and mature the tobacco which fills a Davidoff cigar, sometimes as much as 10 years. The time it takes to hand pick, hand roll, and then carefully hand check each individual cigar before it is fit to wear the legendary Davidoff white band. In every second of enjoyment, there are decades of experience. In every way, it is time beautifully filled. The Oliva family, the makers of some of the most affordable yet highest rated premium cigars available, continue in this tradition with the new Oliva Series V Milanio, a full-flavored yet smooth smoke, which recently received a 95 rating from Cigar Snob magazine. Milanio and the other great Oliva cigars can be found at all smoke-in locations. So always ask for Oliva, an unbeatable value and an uncompromising quality. The Oliva family of cigars. Awarded the 2014 Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year with numerous 90-plus ratings, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary Cigar celebrates Tabacalera Perdomo's 20 years as one of Nicaragua's largest premium cigar manufacturers. Using only the highest priming tobaccos grown exclusively by the Perdomo family, the 20th Anniversary Cigar has a tremendous profile with layer upon layer of rich, elegant, complex flavors. 
Visit your nearest authorized tobacconist today and experience the masterful blend of these Nicaraguan puros. Now available in extremely limited edition pyramid size in Sun Grown or Maduro. From the makers of the number one cigar in the USA in 2013, the Aging Room Quattro F55 comes yet another highly rated cigar. The Aging Room Bin Number 1, a full-bodied Dominican cigar made with some of the world's oldest tobacco in the market today from the harvest of 1997, 98, and 99. It starts out smooth and builds up in strength and flavor until it reaches its full potential. The Aging Room Bin Number 1, for the true connoisseur looking for a sophisticated smoking experience with balance, complexity, and character. Aging Room Cigars. Blending is in our DNA. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Final segment of this week's episode of Kiss My Ass Radio. In the house, we have John David of Toasted Foot. John, welcome to Kiss My Ass Radio. John, John, are you there? Hello? Yeah, are you hey, there, what's up, man? Thanks for joining us, John. Hey. How's it going? Uh, long time no see. Did we wake you up? Uh, no, I'm... I'm I've, I've been listening to the whole show. In fact, that last segment probably got me in trouble with my pants, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we don't got a lot of time, so uh, give us some of the standouts of what you felt you saw at the IPCPR show this year. Well, i got to agree with Adam on the uh, Matilda Skrull. That was probably the cigar of the show from all of the uh, bloggers I talked to. That was the one stick that really stood out, and it was the one nobody paid attention to going in. Um. The one everybody was talking about, the uh, Undercrown Shade, eh, it was okay. Uh, Sokka Stick, of course, nope, we didn't get any samples. So. Uh, <laughs> but then there were some uh, off uh, smaller brand things that uh, just were super impressive. Uh, GM, GDM, God, their name kills me, um, uh, has a Euphoria and a Heritage out, which are... Nicaraguan and Dominican, both made by uh, Kellner and Oliva, which were just phenomenal. And I'd never heard of the company, and I'm like, this is a great cigar. Uh, smoked wow. a bunch of those. The Ammer and Sipple crew has their peat-fired cigar, which I was a little dubious about, but actually turned out to be something decent. There was uh, Robert from Southern Draw there with his uh, fire corn could do both great sticks, high ratings on our site. Was there that anything was you were looking forward to? Or you were... stuff that stood out to me. You know, it was kind of a slow show as far as great news. Was, was red label? Was there anything that you were? Was there anything that you were looking forward to, anticipating, and you were let down by? Uh, probably the shade, the underground shade. Underground shade didn't, uh, didn't just do wasn't much what more. I was expecting. Wow. Uh, much fuller than uh, 
what everybody was expecting also. Definitely now, not your a, first a mild show? cigar by any No. Was this your first was this your first trade show, John? No, I was at uh twenty twelve. So mm. you know, I've seen the great wall booth shrink and uh you know, Alpha Dis's booth get bigger. Yeah, everybody's booth's getting bigger. I think that's part of the problem of the show. Uh, oh, uh, so I'm, I, I'm still recovering. Yeah, yeah. I imagine you can have a lot of content coming up with a bunch of new reviews on a lot of new sticks over the next couple of weeks. There is a ton of stuff going up. There's right now we have uh, roundups of each day of the show up. Uh, it may take a day or two because we had a computer issue here in Houston, but uh, that's fixed and. Uh, new Here's reviews, a problem. interviews. Uh, I got some time with AJ Fernandez while I was there. All that will be going up onto the site. All right, very cool. Everybody out there, please check out his site, ToastedFoot.com, for all his upcoming reviews of all the new stuff from this year's IPCPR from New Orleans. Jonathan, thank you for joining us, and keep up the great work, buddy. Talk to you later, Ed. All right, pal. All right. Now it's time, courtesy of uh, Asylum and CLE Cigars. We're going to find out who belongs in a cigar insane asylum. Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. This week, courtesy of CLE and Asylum Cigars... Let's see who belongs in a cigar at Saint Asylum. Twitter user Rosa Sparks on Tuesday sent out a tweet to her 1,000 followers stating, Somebody bring me weed, sad face. I'll pay for it. About an hour later, the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office from their Twitter account responded, Where should we meet you? <laughs> I, I really do. I was telling somebody about this last night. Like people legit like will meet and and go, or or you know what? Like or call the cops and be like, oh my drug my drug dealer stole my money. You know, and it's like what? I mean, what are they thinking? Yeah. Nobody really knows if this was a joke or if there was any further complications from the twenty-something who lives in Jupiter, uh, <laughs> and described to, yeah. Yeah, she goes. Her Twitter name is Goddess, and it's probably one of those. She treated yo people are going back and forth in my mentions. Is that what famous people feel like on social media? Meanwhile, I'm high laughing. <laughs> there were no more tweets from the sheriff's office mentioning the coverage Wednesday morning, but yeah, basically. So did the, did, the, did the tweet come back from the sheriff's office? I wonder who we pay in the sheriff's office to sit there and tweet all day. Right, who's on the Twitter handle? Social media experts or someone in that. That's funny. But you know what? The thing is is that they have these social media, they they have social media positions because of stuff like this. They, like, legit can find crime. They they arrested some guy because he posted a picture of himself with a gun that the gun was the weapon in a murder. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's like a – it works. Or or the guy who posted on Facebook – or the outline, we're looking for so-and-so, and he, he put up there, yeah, good luck finding me. <laughs> and then an hour later, it's like, yeah, thanks for using your IP from your home computer. That was easy. So dumb. Yeah. Unbelievable. They definitely belong in a cigar insane asylum. This episode brought to you by CLE and Asylum Cigars. We hope you enjoyed this week's show. It's good to be back. Next week, Raphael Nodal in studio from Boutique Cigars, so aging room, so it's going to be very cool. Uh, my traditional closing, life is short, savor the moments that count. 
Never be afraid to express how you feel, because if anyone doesn't like it, just tell them to kiss your ash. Be merciless. Spare no cigars. Smoke them all. Let God sort them out.